0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliberate Connections, the podcast all about deliberately connecting and the impact it has on our world. I am your host, Christiana Frank, a consultant in education, corporations, and mental health. Hello everyone and welcome back to Deliberate Connections with Christiana Frank. Today with me, I have a very special guest. And I think after this podcast, you might agree with me on how special this human is, but I have gotten the chance to know her over the last few years. And I have to tell you, Sarah May, when you meet this girl she just sort of places herself in your heart and and helps you understand. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about her role as a grief specialist, and that's considered a grief recovery specialist. She's here in Reno, Nevada, but now with our, our unique situation, we're dealing with COVID and the pandemic, you know, things are online, and so we'll have a way you can contact her afterwards, but without further ado, Sarah May is... Um, with me today. And Sarah, can you say hi to our listeners?
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Christiana, for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm very excited to share about the grief recovery method with you
0: guys. Oh, and I'm so excited to learn. And I myself am going to be going through this grief recovery. And um, we have already talked a little bit before about um, having maybe a couple podcasts and going, okay, this is what it is in this one. And then in the next one, ooh, Christiana jumped in with both feet. And what is that feel like, and maybe to give everyone a better invitation of what a process like this might be for them. So, so Sari, you started this, well, 11 years ago, you had a a very, I don't even, I don't want to call it a big loss. Like there's never words for this kind of, this kind of information, but you did have an extraordinary loss 11 years ago, and you found yourself in counseling and you needed something in conjunction with counseling. And this is what you did. You went through a process like this and now you're teaching it because it's changed your life. So can can you tell me a little bit about what you did go through 11 years ago?
1: Yes, I would love to share that. So gosh, 11 years ago, it might actually have been a little bit longer. So I lost my mother when um, she was,
0: Fourteen years ago, right? We talked about that. My apologies. That was fourteen years ago. I was
1: just trying to do the math again (laughs) again, because I lost track, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think it's an amazing thing that I'm not counting the years anymore because I am so. um, I feel like I've been Mm. able to recover and heal. Wow. Um, So yeah, I think I believe it's fourteen years ago. If I do the math correctly, that I lost my mom in 2006. She passed away from cancer, and I was in my senior year just before I graduated. She had passed and um, gosh, I never dealt with it. I went to um, college direct right after I moved and right after I graduated. And so it's kind of interesting because as I started reading the grief recovery book, 10 years later from that, I learned a lot about misinformation that we were taught when we're younger. And some of the misinformation that we're taught is simply to not feel bad after a loss, replace the loss, grieve alone Um, just give it time, be strong for others and keep busy. And so I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, I was told to keep busy and to stay strong as well as give it time. And so I would put on that front for, let's say, so 10 years, because I just got help in 2016. So for 10 years, I was putting on the front of stay strong Um, it'll take time and to stay busy. And as Christiana, can probably attest, I'm really good at filling my schedule and it's
0: not, I have to sit
1: back and understand why I'm doing it. (laughs) 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 So I definitely picked up that. And so I look back and I just, um, after doing the grief recovery in 2016, and what brought me to that was my boyfriend at the time and now husband. Um he would just catch on to things like gosh I would still have a lot of pain that I was carrying and I never dealt with it. Um I would typically here I'm going to be a little vulnerable but I would drink to numb myself once I would start feeling the loss of my mom again or um certain songs like I can only imagine by Mercy Me would come on and I would just cry. Um driving around by my old house I would cry. Just certain triggers would trigger me and it was hard to get out of that. So he talked to me, maybe convinced me (laughs) to take the grief recovery method at my church and I took it. And it was life-changing for me. I didn't realize it until maybe a month or two later that I was healing and simple things of like, okay, November, December don't actually tear me apart anymore. There's beauty in it, um, beauty in the fall, it doesn't always have to be sad. Um, as well as my sister saying to me, not that long ago, she goes, I need to become a grief recovery specialist and I need to go through this class. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're interested in, in it now. And she goes, well, I just look back and you are so depressed. You were so sad. It was very hard for me to lift you up. And after you took that class and who you are today is mind blowing. You've changed, you have grown and you, you're healed. Like you just, I don't want to say healed, but I, yeah, healed. My heart is whole again. And I'm able to actually experience that joy that we're given. Um, So I, after taking that class, got certified maybe, gosh, a couple months later, because I was so eager to share this with everybody, because it is such a life-changing class. And I don't say that like, it's going to change your life forever. I change that. I write I say that with my heart, just saying it truly does give you a lot of education, and it gives you the tools to be able to deal with the past hurt that you may have experienced, as well as the future hurt and losses that you may experience, as we all do, because that's one thing we all have in common, is loss. And we'll discuss later what um, types of losses there really are, because a lot of people will think of just of a death of a family member or a friend. And then, or a pet, and that's where it kind of ends. And that was another great tool that
0: um, the grief recovery taught me was: there's more than just the loss of my mom. Yeah, and this is it's so it's so exciting to me. I know I, I front loaded right at the beginning. I'm taking the class, you know, and you know I, I didn't know. Easy. I didn't. Shout into the microphone, you know, and that'll come up if we redo, you know, or I'd like to revisit this podcast after I've taken it or I'm completed it. I've had a similar loss in my past, and that's why. Um, but even even aside from the loss from my childhood, um in, in my childhood rather, is, you know, I'm now consulting in different arenas, you know, uh, corporations and um school districts and working with teachers to work with kids during this time of a pandemic. You know, I've really never been a consultant during a pandemic of this nature. And, you know, with the trauma-informed and the social-emotional learning skills that are all coming and we're talking about executive functions and what happens to the brain when they hit all these stressors in childhood, you know, the more and more I read, the more and more neuroscientists I talk to you know, the way our brain develops around these crises, crises, crises I think is the word to say it. We all know what I'm saying. But the way, the way our know. brain develops and then we almost become unaware that we're doing these replacements. And I don't have, I'm hoping to have the terminology after I take the class, um, is we're, we're almost unaware that we're stuffing our bodies to fill up time, whether it's food, time, bad relationships uh, in order to distract ourselves. And I, I always wonder, you know, to find out if you're dealing, can you, to find out if you're dealing with something or you tell me if this is this is bad, sir? cause I don't know. But I almost think after my week of working in school districts, I wanna say to some adults, find if you can sit still for five minutes with nothing, mm. just to start. And then if you can do that, well then maybe, you know, you, you've got some of your feet flat on the ground, but most adults I ask, Teachers, uh, corporate execs, when you ask them just to get into that mindful minute or two minutes, it's too hard for them. And so the question lies, is information that was never processed correctly poking the wrong parts of our heart or our brains, so to speak. So just just having an understanding of where we come from and maybe what we're doing um, to cover up pain and
1: right. yeah, I love that because it is interesting because if you were to ask me, even feeling like I've been able to handle or learn, I should say, because I still um, have those times that it's hard and there's more losses that I've occurred after my mom's death or after I've taken the class. And um, I don't think I could sit for five minutes <laughs> because not only because I think our mind constantly races, but it's sad because our society today, it's go, go, go. And so there. It's not even just us that are stopping from being able to like enjoy or comprehend what's going on inside. It's almost like our society around us has taught us that we have to get everything done. We have to, we have a to do list and we need to make sure we accomplish it. So we're unable to because we're so fast paced.
0: Right. And and then I, I'll get us back on a track I just wanted to say, but we can rewire the brain. I'm going to text you, Sarah, when we're done, my Tibetan bowl, five hours, no commercial YouTube channel that I listen to. I love that. And challenge you to a 30 second meditation every day. I'm okay. doing it first thing when I wake up in the morning for 30 seconds.
1: Oh, I because love that. I'm so
0: busy that I only have <laughs> thirty seconds. But yeah. if I'm creating space for that, right? Mm-hmm. hopefully that habit will grow just like all of our other habits. Like that's the intention for it. yes and, and you know that this so you did talk about, you know, people think that it's usually the loss of a person or an animal, but now we're looking at a world today where, You know, we've come to understand with brains and neuroplasticity and the executive functioning that we've come to understand that sometimes uh, a loss or a grief can be built out of a parent leaving a child at school one day for an extra hour and -hmm. forgot to pick them up. We're finding that trauma and grief can come over losing, well, this makes sense, losing that social environment that we've lost since the pandemic. So what kind of folks have you seen or have you worked with in grief recovery? You know, what is the audience here? Because when I think about it, I'm thinking, gosh, every single human being in this world has experienced a loss on some level.
1: Right. And I love that you said that because we all have, and that's where I'm going to start with the grief recovery methods definition of grief. And how it's stated in the handbook is it is conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So grief is unique to each individual. So Christiana and I may have a similar loss. Let's say um, we both lost a parent at some age when we were younger and now, but it's different because we're individuals, right? So we both process things differently. So it's unique to all of us. And so when we're looking towards the pandemic and what we're looking at today, gosh, um, I first will go back to your question, Christiana, is what different types of losses that we have and that I've seen and experienced people with. There's definitely a handbook on a pet for loss or loss for a pet. Um, So it's a different book completely. It's awesome. Um, There's also losses like we spoke about someone we love or even we don't love. We may not love, but have a issue with them, and they pass. So there's that communication that wasn't able to be expressed to them. And that's what's so great about the grief recovery is that you are then able to let that out and feel that completion. Um, moving to a new house or home is also a type of loss. Married, oh, huh. Either you're getting married or a divorce. Um, we could also look at graduation because we're ending our high school and going And we're graduating to go to college, and that's an end to a familiar behavior and a pattern. So then we can also look at the end of addictions, retirement, becoming an empty nester once your kids are out of the house, Um, any major health issues or changes, that's a loss because you're used to your normal, quote unquote, body. And then changes that may occur that can stop you from being as active as you were before. Um, A miscarriage could be a loss and faith, someone's trust in another person. So the list can truly go on and on. But I think what's so tricky is in today's um, world, viewing it, like viewing grief through the lens of the world right now, I don't think we understand what grief truly is and realizing that we're all grieving the pandemic in different ways. Some are having to stop their job to teach their kids. Some are having to downsize their homes because they can't afford it. Some of them are now, well, now we're all having to carry a mask around and that's our new accessory. So just those changes that we're not used to, um, it's grief. Like we're dealing with the loss of things that we would have had. So it's just like the unmet expectations that we may have once the pandemic happened, we weren't able to travel. We couldn't, we had to isolate ourselves from our friends and family. We had to be very careful. We had to wear
0: gloves, masks. We weren't sure what was going on. We lost ourselves in that. I am so glad one that you did the definition and so glad that you started listing off some ideas and I'm going to be marinating on this for a really long time because it is, it's change. And I think you get how I'm such a neuroscience nerd. And I'm always trying to figure out, you know, why this person goes right. And that person chooses to go left or why that person can remain happy during a situation. And the other person just gets floored. And then you know, trying to develop tools to keep everybody working or collaborating together in the environments. But I'm really glad you did that because you just had me, wow, I'm gonna write this, you just had me think, you know, I think one of the biggest losses of the pandemic for me is not seeing people's mouths. Mm. It's my whole job. And I, I, I actually was thinking, um, after this, because they say reptilian brains really uh respond over seeing the teeth, you know, so if a dog is like oh he's got his teeth like angry, so we're conditioned to respond by how the mouth is shaped. And now I, and I'm wondering if that's part of it. I feel like somebody robbed my ability to really connect with people by taking their mouth. I mean, the eyes would be bad too, but really bad. Well, how would you walk? (laughs) But the (laughs) mouth is, I didn't think I thought, well, the eyes are the window to the soul. I can get expression through the eyes. But I think a lot of my social cues are picked up on how people work with their mouth. Mm -hmm. and that's been devastating the first time I went back in person to do a training I was only doing the training for two hours I had to go sit in my car and cry I felt like something was wrong and I couldn't put my finger on it Sarah and I think that's it yeah well I can only imagine well even just like as you mentioned I know this is kind of going back
1: but for the grief recovery and me being able to eventually or I'm now able to do it online to where even check-ins, like being able to meet and have that check-in one-on-one or now instead of sending text messages because the grief recovery, it's so important to know how people are truly doing. So there's ideas of having the client download, um, is that Voxer, the Voxer app or Marco Polo so that you can check in and you can hear their voice and you can just kind of see them. So you can see actually how they're doing because there's a difference. And same probably for you because the mouth is so important to be able to see And how they're talking how we can't even hear emotions ultimately because the masks are covering that. So it is it's so interesting. I'm glad that helps trigger what that was for you because it is, it's so hard to truly know with this pandemic and when is it going to
0: end. Exactly. so, so, can you tell me, i I know I've kept you on for a little bit, and I'm so thankful for you. I just can you tell me like what would one thing look like and feel like? Could you give me an example of what an activity or a little piece of the process? So
1: one thing that I can share because it is so, um, well, a couple of things I want to say. So with the grief recovery method, you guys, the listeners, you are totally welcome, and I obviously can't sit here and tell you you can't read the whole thing, but I would definitely advise you to not read the entire book on your own. I say that with um, my whole heart and light attentions because, or strong intentions, because you will not be able to process it, process it as well as you would with a grief recovery specialist. There's a process to it. It's not just a read and then you're done and you feel great, Um, it's a process, there's steps to it, there's homework to it, there's times, you're not reading the whole book in one setting, there's each chapter, a couple chapters a week that you're gonna be sitting down and reading. So I don't wanna give it all away, but I will give um, the fun education part of it and I won't give away the full tools um, because the tools part is so important to be facilitated by a specialist. Oh, that makes sense, absolutely. Um, so the big thing I would say is the first like 56 pages I want to say is about education. It sits you down. It talks to you about um, what to say to others that are grieving because we grew up, grieve alone, go cry in your room. So then we're taught to isolate. So it's, it's really neat. Cause it will take yeah. you back to like, Oh, what did, what was I taught? And Oftentimes it's go, go in your room if you're going to cry. So then we are learning at such a young age to go isolate ourselves instead of talking out our emotions. So then we're stuffing and we're compiling. And so it discusses that it talks about short-term energy relieving behaviors. And so that's where we can go back to when I'm talking I may have mentioned it. Like if something I did was drinking or over-exercising or overeating, those are all great in moderation. And if it's a day-to-day thing, that's great. But the intentions, intentions behind it is what's important. So if I'm going to sit and eat a tub of ice cream <laughs> because I want it and it tastes good, great. But if I'm going to eat a tub of ice cream to make myself feel better because I'm sad about my mom, there's the difference. Yeah. Is substituting um, and knowing where our heart's at before we're acting. So that was something that was huge that it taught me to be very careful
0: of um, my actions. That's incredible because you're sitting there and I mean I know we can see each other and everybody else is on audios but I mean my mouth just fell open with the going to the room. There's little things, you know, that we're not aware of that it sounds like this training really makes you aware of cuz I would have never thought with all the training and the brain stuff I'm I'm doing is I would have never thought about that simple action of go to your room when you're crying. I mean that definitely sets the foundation of it's not okay to cry here and show your feelings. You do not have permission to feel right now or right. Go, ha- go do it by yourself. And that right there is a huge... Huge statement if it's if it's it's said differently or someone has you run into their arms or you feel connected. Um and then balance. The next thing that came to my head was balance. It's going, yes, tub of ice cream, please. I love ice cream and peanut butter. But then also a walk and also a book and also some education and also some social interactions all in one day. Right. Sarah, this is so there's we're I'm definitely having you back on. And and especially if I can see your dogs in the background, and (laughs) my crazy (laughs) I do want to know. So you know, so you're you're a grief recovery specialist. You are located in Reno, uh, and, and Sparks area, and you are starting to do things online. I know you're moving gently because I know, I, I, I don't wanna speak for you. So tell me if I'm wrong, just shut me down. But I feel after coming to know you, you're a person that takes really good care of people. And so it's not like you're doing masses of people. You have a small group of people that you're working on so you can you know, give your attention in that area. Um, but you, you, you are going online eventually too,
1: right? Yes, I'm starting online, actually just got certified to be an advanced um, specialist here just this last week. So I'm now going online because I know how important it is, especially during this pandemic to reach others. So I'm in Reno Sparks area, but I could reach somebody in Florida who needs help because it's it's so healing and so helpful that I didn't want to just limit myself to the Reno Sparks area. And yes, you're right. I will be um, taking people for sure. And it's just, I'm hoping that people will invest in it. It's a seven week class online. Um, Oh, that's not long. No, it's not long. I thought it was a lot longer. No. So seven weeks and it's typically an hour, hour and a half session, but the fun thing is, is you'll have homework (laughs) and that could take to like an hour, hour and a half for you to do on your own. And I know that can be difficult (laughs) with our busy schedules, if that's what we're using to keep busy. Um, So just keep that in mind too, but it's, Yes, I would love to do some one on ones and be able to just help those who are hurting and just having to deal with the pain of any type of loss that is controlling them. And one thing that I loved, I'm gonna kind of read this is, so I did just do the grief um, definition. I'm gonna say it again. Is conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern? Also it's great, um, is unique to each individual. And then recovery, this is such a great definition, is claiming your circumstances and not allowing your circumstance to claim you and your happiness, as this is stated in the grief recovery handbook. So just that solid, solid sentences. I don't want my circumstance to claim me. I want to claim it and I want to experience joy now. So what can I do? So it's really it's something to be very vulnerable and it's brave to take this class. And I see that and I love that. Um, And I think that's why my heart's, there's so much passion for this. there's just, it brings fire to my soul to just be able to share this information with others and be able to walk through them through this process.
0: I was having such a mellow day today. Now I wanna just jump through the screen. You're getting me so jazzed. There's nothing like somebody, and I don't wanna be cheesy by saying who deliberately connects since it's the name, (laughs) but who really has that intention, who's going at something 100% and has that passion, understanding. And I don't know what it is for me, Uh, I'm trying to really think outside my box, but when you have something relatable to me, I mean, that really helps me feel like we're on the same. And if you, and if you go out into our world today, we're all relating right now with a loss. And so while the world seems so distant, on the other end, it seems like it's gotten closer. It's just, I haven't figured that out yet. But it's right. Yeah, it's, I agree with it's you. That's closer. We all have something in common. So, Sarah, um, what you gave so many resources away and so many ideas away as far as like what the book kind of holds and a little bit about what to expect. How do we get in touch with you? I mean, I know I just call you, but how would somebody else get in touch with you?
1: What you can do is email by email. It'll be Sarah May. So it's S A R A H M A Y G
0: R M at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah, May, G as in George, R as in Ralph, M as in Mary at gmail.com. And then if anyone's out there listening, you can also just email me from the web, my website if you didn't hear that. And I'll go ahead and get you connected with Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to my grief recovery classes that are starting um, uh, next Wednesday. And then we'll do I I didn't even know I was going to announce that I was taking them. I just I, I, I love just, it. I know a, I'm doing now everyone has to hold me to it. You're great. <laughs>
1: You're brave, and you're now holding yourself accountable by everyone listening to this. <laughs> just
0: delete that portion out. No, I would never. Thank you, thank no, no. you, thank you. And then we will have you back. That is Sarah May, a grief recovery specialist in Reno Sparks, but not just in Reno Sparks. As she is worldwide now that we are all on Zoom and or whatever platform you're using. I shouldn't. I think you're using Zoom. You're right. <laughs> uh, but for now, everyone, have a wonderful day.